Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. My name's Jane Anderson and thank you for coming along or thank you for downloading. I am, I'm really looking forward to sharing this podcast with you today. Um, so as you know, this podcast is all about Brand You because I believe people buy from people and they buy from people who they know, like and trust. And I'm obsessed about being able to help people connect so that they and that they have enough impact in their communications um, so that we can all go out there and help the people that we want to help. Because I don't know about you, but I find a lot of people think that personal branding is like this narcissistic, look at me type um, uh, type approach to building a business. And I don't think it's about that at all. I think it's about being able to connect, inspire and engage your audience and not that it's about you, but it's actually about your client, it's about them, it's about helping your audience become the best that they can be, but you need to be able to be really clear about who you are so that they can connect with that. So today's episode is all about uh, presentations and speaking because uh, one of the things that I get asked most to do is to speak and the other question I get asked a lot is can you teach me and uh, so I certainly do a lot of that so I, I personally uh, deliver a lot of corporate programs I deliver uh, presentation skills and uh, speaking skills within organizations and I also coach and mentor people who would like to become speakers or would like to um, go out and present um, as part of growing their business because you know one thing's for sure you know you might have listened to one of the other podcasts where I talk about how people find you and I talk about how we've got to educate our audiences I talk about but you know you've got clients who know you versus those that don't know you some you have to educate some already know you so they're just going to get in contact with you um others are referrals or they could be based on search results and things like that but there's one quadrant I often talk about and that's the one around building awareness and I think that sometimes when I'm working with people who have personally branded businesses they focus on hoping that awareness will come up as a result of maybe part of a google search but I don't think that happens I think that 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 when it's part of a search or a network it's generally because somebody's asked the question and so that means you're conscious of what's going on but at an awareness level it you might not be aware that you actually or your customer might not be aware that they have this particular issue and so what you're doing is getting out and talking to people and helping them become aware not necessarily just of you but of their own challenges that sometimes they may have overlooked and because when you present and speak you've articulated it in a way that they understand now what that challenge is for them and then that can often compel them to get in touch with you. We know that around at least 60% of a buying decision is made before somebody gets in contact with you so and it's not that hard for people to find out about you they only have to do google searches have a look in linkedin and all those types of things and um 
And so it's not that hard to find out about you. But, you know, the yellow pages don't exist anymore, really, um, that people are using it, not very much anyway. But I reckon speaking is one of the most powerful things that you could do to build your personally branded business. Now, you might be listening to this thinking, maybe I don't have a personally branded business, maybe I'm thinking about doing that, or maybe you're within an organization and perhaps you're thinking about going out on your own. You might be thinking about becoming a consultant or a thought leader or an expert in your field. And um, so speaking is, the one of the best things that I really like about speaking is that you can do this while you're in a job. So even if you're in a job and you haven't, you know, you're sort of going, oh, do I leave corporate life or not? I reckon this is a good one that you can really do some work on before you even leave corporate life. Um, I think the other thing with speaking is that you get in front of people that sometimes you may have dismissed or you may not have considered or you may have not realized that uh, you can have an impact for them. Um, it also helps you get feedback. It helps you get a, a sense of some of the problems out there. Um, and I think when you look at even some of the, the um, other benefits of speaking is you can leverage it. So you might be able to record it. You could use it for YouTube videos. You can use it for a whole lot of other things. Um, and uh, but I, one of the questions I often get asked is, you know, how do you how do you get booked as a speaker, and how do you get out into the speaking market? And, and there's a whole lot of lot of things behind that. But what I can tell you is some of the other podcasts we've talked about positioning and um, and speaking. To be asked to speak, you it means you've generally got some good positioning in your industry and your field. Um, so I generally speak at a conference about once a week and uh, so it might be a, a conference, it might be uh, an event um, and one of the other questions I sometimes get asked is how to get paid for these things and I generally do a bit of a mix so it will depend on a lot of variables um, but most of mine are paid um, and there might be one or two that I might do that are um, for a particular reason that they might not be paid. So, um, and so that depends on a lot of factors and there are a lot of professional speakers out there that do the same thing. Um, so there are a lot of factors they take into account, but I think what I see when I'm working with people, I, th I think about the, the quote that Jerry Seinfeld said when he said, according to most studies, people's number one fear is speaking and number two is death. So death is number two. Does that sound right? And he said, this means to the average person, if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than doing the eulogy. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know when I first started speaking, um, I, was, I was scared to death. I'd been a trainer for many years and, um, and I was used to being in front of audiences. So I was used to being in front of, say, you know, up to around 30 or 50 people at a time or something like that. And training didn't bother me at all. And I'd been a coach for a long time. I was quite used to being in front of groups. But the whole speaking thing, um, it was, I used to go and watch these speakers and I'd, I'd watch YouTube videos and I'd think, wow, they're just so inspiring. I, how is it that they do that? You know, I, I don't think that I could do that. I don't think I'm very inspiring. I, I'm just really practical. I just focus on what will get a result and what will work and and uh, and so I uh, I really struggled with trying to work out how am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to be able to be a speaker? I I haven't 
climb Mount Everest. I haven't recovered from cancer. I, you know, I've, I own all my limbs. Um, I've, I've got all my limbs. You know, I, I, I don't know that I've got, maybe I haven't got something that's good enough. And, and so I shied away from it for a while, but it was something that inside, you know, was something that I really wanted to do. And so what I decided to do was go and see if I could find, I decided to go and find, um, I found five people who I thought were, I thought that were good speakers. And the, the benchmark that I set for finding these five people is that I needed to know that they were generating more than a million dollars a year from their speaking. And I thought, all right, so these people I want to learn from because if they're generating that, generating that kind of money, they must be doing it right. There's a lot of people out there teaching speakers and this was, this was the benchmark I set. So I went out and found these people. I got them to mentor and train me and teach me. I managed to convince them I spent an absolute fortune on, um, on learning. I think I spent around $40,000 on trying to, trying to understand how, this, um, how speaking works, how the speaking industry works. Um, and what I love about it is that you get to um, touch and connect with a lot of people uh, reasonably quickly. So from a um, business growth perspective as well, if you're in your business and you're going, you know, how do I get more clients? How do I get in front of more people? How do I build databases? All those types of things. Speaking is one of the most efficient ways for you to get in front of an audience. Um, and, and also to be able to be positioned and so not just be in front of them, but if you're speaking, you must know something about this subject. So it's great positioning and it really positions you as that you know something about this topic. And when I, I, one of the things that I often find when I'm working with people is, you know, how do you get over the nerves and all those types of things? And, and I always have a bit of a laugh because I often think of Dale Carnegie who said, you know, there are always three speeches. There's one uh, for the speech that you actually gave, the one you practiced, the one you gave, and the one you wish you gave. <laughs> I don't know if you've been in that situation, but I certainly have. And I remember when I was at a, I was speaking at a conference on, on the Gold Coast and I was speaking at um, Royal Pines Resort, which is a really big, massive, big resort and it's got a big golf club and everything. And this particular event, it was, um, it was like, it was like a nightclub. Like there was a light show and everyone was just rocking. It was like an, like a, it was an event on steroids. It was amazing. There was music and everyone was just absolutely pumped. And I, I had arrived and my, uh, I was talking to the AV guy who was there and I went up and introduced myself and said, I'm, you know, I'm speaking in a moment and uh, I'm ready to go. And I noticed that the presentation he had on his screen looked a bit different to the one I, I had supplied and I thought, oh dear. And I, I started to, there were, there were about a thousand people at this event and the people were just pouring in. The MC was arriving and, and I just said to the AV guy, you know, when I, I look at that presentation, I said, can I just have a quick look at that? Do you mind if I just have a look? Because it looks a little bit different. <laughs> and I had a look and he said, he said, yeah, have a look. So I had a look and I went through it and some of the slides were missing. There was new content in there that I'd never seen before. <laughs> so I really started to panic. I, and uh, But I had to just breathe and I thought, okay, what am I going to do? So I thought, I said, is there any chance I can take some content out? And he said, no. And I thought, okay. So I said, all right. 
have we got a whiteboard or anything? And we had a look down the back of the stage and we found a whiteboard and we pulled it out on stage. And they mic'd me up and then they gave me the remote, you know, the remote that clicks the slides. And he said, look, just so you know, the remote only goes forwards, it doesn't go backwards. <laughs> okay, so what if I need to go backwards, just in case? And he said, look, I'm up the back, it'll be fine, but if you need me, I'm up the back. And I thought, oh God, I don't know how this is going to go. Anyway, I got up on stage and I started to talk and uh, one of the things I often do is tell a story sometimes when I start. And So when I started, I started to tell this story and the slides just started to move automatically. And I thought, I didn't even touch it. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, I haven't touched the remote and the audience is looking at the slides and they're not matching what I was saying. And so I went, oh, um, sorry, AV guy, would you mind just going back to the first slide? Anyway, they... So I started again, and then they started moving again. And here I am on stage, I'm thinking, I don't know what on earth is going on. So I decided to stop, and I turned the slides off. And it was a 45-minute keynote, and I went right through it to the end. And I got off stage, and I thought, oh, look, they're not going to be happy. I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to be asked back. <laughs> anyway, the coordinator came running up to me, and she said, that was amazing. I have no idea how you did that. We're definitely getting you back next year. But just so you know, your remote was connected to the room next door and theirs was connected to yours. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I don't think I can take another, I don't think my heart could take it another year. But um, but it was a good lesson learned. And there, you know, anything can happen when if you're starting to look at speaking you know, these are the types of things that can happen. These are the types of events that come up and you need to be able to know how to manage them and how to prepare for them. So I only have a few minutes on here, but I think that um, what I thought I would do is probably help you to perhaps think about, if you're thinking about doing some speaking to grow your business, particularly your brand new business, um, just thinking about where you might be on that journey right now. Um, so I have, I, in my, I have a program called um, High Impact Presentations and um, I, when I'm working with people, I'm looking for where they are somewhere in this scale. And if you can imagine, you know, it, it's kind of got six, six steps of a ladder, I suppose. And if you think about it, there's kind of, um, I reckon there's kind of three that sit on it, at the bottom of the ladder and then three at the top of the ladder. And the three that I see at the bottom of the ladder, the very bottom, I think is someone who is often a refuser. So this is someone who, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding speaking altogether. I'm washing my hair that day. <laughs> They're completely avoiding the whole thing. And if you're somebody like this, something that to be able to move in the right direction, if you're wanting to speak, but you're being a refuser, is that we need to link your speaking to your purpose. What's the point? Um, you know, is it part of... Um, is it going to help you get more clients? Is it about helping you get that, even if you're internal, might be about getting it on your resume or something like that? Or is it about getting promotions? Or is it about being able to actually become a speaker? You know, so what's the purpose? And I think that the amount of impact that you're having as, as a speaker at that level is actually really negative. You're not having opportunities come your way at all. And um, in fact, you're not known as a speaker, so um, so you won't have them come along to you. So that's the lowest. The next level up, I think, is somebody who is a reader. And I think this is someone who has literally got content in front of them or they've got content slides full of content. 
And um, this reader, the challenge is that they haven't allocated time to really think about and prepare their presentation. They've purely probably uh, copy and pasted everything out of reports or something like that, and they're literally reading off the screen. Um, So for an audience, we can read the screen. Um, And at this point, I think what you need to focus on, if you're somebody like this, is you need to invest the time in your preparation. I do get a lot of people who say to me, oh, I can speak off the cuff. You know, I don't need to prepare. And uh, and I think it was Michael Port who said recently, Michael Port, the author of uh, Book Yourself Solid, said, show me somebody who puts together a presentation at the, at the last minute or speaks off the cuff and I'll show you someone who's procrastinated till the last minute. And uh, so... Um, I think that's about preparation. You really need to invest the time in it and your rehearsal. Um, the amount of impact that you're having as a speaker when you're reading and reading slides and uh, um, is really not a lot. We can do that ourselves. You might as well just send the presentation out. At the next level is someone who I call them a regurgitator. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that 90s band, regurgitator. Um, uh, but I think someone who's a regurgitator is that they um, are, they have not provided any insights into their information or the content that they have. They are simply feeding back or reading. They're not, they're, they're beyond a reader. They're, they've read it so many times that um, they they are taking the information that's there but they're not providing their lens or their interpretations or their insights or their original thoughts about it Um, so I think if you're a regurgitator your job is to really focus on giving your content some insights Um, and it's not just about research and evidence and data but what does this mean what is it connect that to my world and I think if you're doing that, then you're probably about a quarter of the way into having some impact with your presentations. So those three, I think that 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 below the below the, like around those three type of level, I sort of imagine an imaginary line halfway across your ladder, sitting um, below that line. I think that you're focusing on yourself at this level. It's all about you. And I think you need to to be able to get up into that next space is about really thinking about your audience and the experience for them and taking your focus off you and into creating um, uh, creating that uh, experience for them. So I think, so we've done the three. I think the fourth one, the next one up is someone who's a practicer. And this is someone who I saw this person recently. It was uh, at an event, actually, it was at the end of last year and I saw them sick and they were just such a beautiful person. You know, they, they were dressed immaculately, they were sharp, they'd done their work, but they had practiced and practiced and practiced that presentation so much that it was, uh, there were no uh, pauses, there was no intonation, um, there was no stopping and being mindful of the audience, there was not, you know, not stopping for laughter things like that so they practiced it and I'm big on practicing big on rehearsal Um, but they had practiced it so much in their own world they hadn't practiced it in that experience for the audience and what happened they lost their presence they their presence was about themselves and they lost their outward focus and their presence with the audience and so if you're a practicer and I'm big on rehearsal so this is quite different to rehearsing 
but a practicer is someone who's trying to be so perfect that it actually looks plastic. And um, the best rehearsers, those people and the best speakers, they do a truckload of rehearsal, um, but they make it look so natural that it looks like they've just spoken off the cuff. But a practicer, your job, I think if you're a practicer, your real focus is around presence of what is going on in the room, who are in the room, what's the experience like, what type of um, mood is the room in, and thinking about the energy that's happening in that room. Um, and I think if you're um, at this level, you're probably, you're on your way. You know, you're not sloppy, but at least you're putting the work in. And I think you're probably about 50% of the amount of impact that, that is possible. At the next level, I think this is what I'd say level number five. This is someone who is an engager. I think this is someone who is speaking and they're thinking about their audience and they're mindful of the experience for them. They may be trying to connect with them a little bit too much and maybe feeling a little bit insecure, but they are engaging with the audience. They might be asking too many questions or um, but they they are very mindful of the experience for those in the room. I think at this level is about getting a little bit of confidence and conviction in yourself. So I put I think the focus here is around conviction. It's conviction around your message, conviction around what am I going to convict, uh, get the conviction in the audience and the experience for them. And I think that the amount of impact that's happening at this level is about seventy five percent of what's possible. And then. Um, the last one at the top, I call the top one a rock star. <laughs> we all want to be a rock star speaker. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and I think someone who's a rock star when I'm working with them is I think that, you know, I don't know about you, if you've been to a rock concert, I think about people like Pink and, you know, like the years that she was doing all those twirls with those big stretchy pink um, sheet things and, you know, like the whole gymnastics show and, you know, if you think about a rock concert, it's fun. It's It looks like it was all just magically appeared. It doesn't look that rehearsed. It just looks so much fun. It looks great. And uh, everyone's having a good time. So I think at this level, when you're a rock star, you've done all your homework. It, it's like the iceberg that underneath, at the top, it looks cool. And it's, you know, maybe 45 minutes of looking of it being cool. But it's the iceberg. There's so much that sits in underneath that to make the rock star work. Um, but once you've done all that work underneath the uh, iceberg, the focus at the top is that it all is just fun. It's about having a great time and just enjoying it and everybody enjoys it. And I think at that level, you're having about 100% impact. I think you're having full impact that you possibly could. So I'm not sure where you think you might be are on there, but based on those levels, really think about what it is that is the next, perhaps, piece of focus for you. So I don't have all the time in the day on this podcast, but I think I want to leave you probably, you know, there are th probably three things to think about if you're speaking that you need to um, really consider to be able to move to that rock star status. I think the first one is your content. And that probably sounds obvious, but you've got to know what you're talking about. If you don't know what you're talking about, it's going to be, it's going to look really obvious, and you're not going to have conviction around it, um, and you aren't going to. Uh, you also want to make sure that your content is about brand you and about where you want to go and what you want to be known for. So if you're speaking on stuff that you don't want to be known for, and then that's not good positioning. That means you're wasting your time. 
So I think you really want to consider your content and content as in what is your message? What is it that, um, you know, what are perhaps three key points that you want them to take away? But what's that overall message in your content that you're trying to get across? So first is content. I think the second one is around connection. And when you've got connection, connection is about what are the things that create the connection with your audience? Because there's a real barrier between you and your audience when you're on stage. And your job is to try and break that barrier so that you feel connected to them and they feel connected to you. And so that's things like humor. It's things like storytelling. Um, it's about um, uh, uh, whatever the energy is that's happening in the room. How do you manage that? Um, it's also um, just, uh, you know, even other things like uh, it can be how you dress. It can be uh, all sorts of things. It can be the... the um, uh, you know, like it could even be the research or the case studies that you give and things like that. But connection is about how do I make this um, experience for us and for um, us together in the room as opposed to it's all about me and I'm here to dictate to you how to do something. Um, so I think that's that's your second one. So we've got content and connection. And I think the third one, the third one is your collateral. And collateral is what are all the things that support you to be able to get your message across? So this is often your slides, um, how you dress, how you look. It uh, could be handouts, uh, any of those types of things. So one of the things I often find with when I get to the collaterals part is when I look at people's slides and they've got way too much content on there or they've got three different graphs or something like that. So you just want to really simplify what's on your screen, making sure that your collaterals match your message. So the things that you're talking about match your screen um, and that you're not distracting your audience by them going, oh, well, what's that? And what is she talking about? And I'm trying to match it up. So because I think if you've got, if you've just con got content and you've got connection, but you've got no collaterals, there's a lot of pressure on you to perform. And um, not everybody can do that and uh, I think um, you, you can be a bit kinder to yourself in making sure that you've got some collaterals so if you've got content and connection um, uh, sorry if you've got content and you've got collateral so in other words you know what you want to say and your collateral's good but you haven't connected with your audience then you're just going to be really boring <laughs> and I got, I got a bit of a warm boring as you probably know so we don't want boring keynotes we don't want boring speeches we don't want boring presentations we're going to make them fun and interesting um, and engaging and captivating and you know I know that's hard when you're under pressure but you just got to manage your time I put personally put when I've got a keynote coming up I block out time in my calendar for my not only preparation if I have to do it but my rehearsal if I haven't um, delivered it before if it's stuff that I have to make sure I've got my um, got some engaging um, techniques in there I have to make sure that's all in there so it's not being slapped together at the last minute and equally if you haven't really got solid content and you're focusing on connection and trying to make the whole experience fun and you've got some cool collaterals but you haven't really thought about your key message, it all looks a bit loose. It all just feels really fragmented and people kind of go, so what is it that you want me to do again? They're not going to, you're not going to remember what you said. And I think if you can get those three, your content, your connection 
and your collaterals right, then I think you're hitting a bit of a sweet spot and you will be able to really um, connect with your audience but you'll also be able to start to move them to be able to, they'll connect with you, you'll be able to, they'll um, easily be able to see themselves in your world and that they'll be able to see that you understand them and that you're the right person to help them. I very much come from a place of help and uh, uh, and speaking is a, is a selling technique. Um, but if it's done right, it doesn't feel salesy. It shows that you are there to help them. You're there to make to make change, and that uh, you're acting in their interests, and that uh, you're the right person to do that. So I think those three things. I think if you can think about your content, your collateral, and how you're going to connect with people. So. Um, uh, my suggestion to you would be perhaps take those three things and have a look at the presentation that you've got coming up. Maybe go and have a, if you've got, um, if you work with local business owners, see if you can have a chat to your local chamber of commerce or something like that. Um, go and um, look for ways that uh, you can start practicing that. And even if it means that you, you're not ready, practice on friends, practice on, if you've got a dog, practice on the dog. <laughs> I've done lots of practice on things like that uh, just to be able to get your confidence up. Uh, but I would suggest that just start somewhere, use those three things. If you can uh, use those, you'll start to really be able to connect and stand out and make a difference with your speaking and start to really have some impact. Um, and I think that's the name of the game. So uh, I hope that helps. If you are interested, I do um, presentation skills training and coaching and things like that. Um, if you're not in Australia, uh, you can jump uh, in. I can do Skype. That's no problem. And you're very welcome to jump on my website, www.jane-anderson.com.au. Uh, you'll see under the coaching area, you'll be able to see the High Impact Presentations Coaching Program. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me. Otherwise, keep in touch with me. You're very welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn um, and let me know how your presentation goes. Thank you. Have a great week.